This is Noche Galactica, and in this episode, we talk to Ataj about education, AI, and how Inquire, his company, is changing the game in education. I hope you enjoy. This is Noche Galactica, and we're back with another episode. And we started a new season, and this one is about the next frontier. What does it look like in the future? And today, we have a first interview. I'm super excited to introduce a colleague, a friend, someone who I have known for like, I want to say like five years now, and we are in the mix. I'm excited to be working along your side, but I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks, Christian. It's, yeah, I think it's been like six or seven years. So <laughs> uh, yeah, my name is Atash Parikh. I am a former software engineer, former classroom teacher. I'm now a founder of a startup called Inquire, which is helping students build portfolios that they can use to showcase their skills, their talents, and then connect to future opportunities beyond the classroom. Dope, dope, dope. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, just for giving a quick plug, we, we are co-founders of Latitude High School located mm-hmm. in East Oakland in the Fruitvale. Um, and, and one of the things that, that came to mind when I started working with you and I started learning about your story is that you are starting this company, right, Inquire, which is focused on like developing and supporting teachers along the way and students. Um, but I wanted to know a little bit more, like, where did that come from? You know, where did you feel like, this is what I want to focus in, that it started when you were younger? Yeah. Like, tell me a little bit about your story of how yeah. you got to Inquire now. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up actually here in the Bay Area in Fremont. My, my family immigrated from India when I was one year old. So I've been here for most of my life. Um, and, you know, I grew up in a competitive kind of public school environment where, you know, Education was was valued very highly, and, and that's that's a great thing. But it also came with some 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 challenges, and uh, you know, being a student kind of came before everything else for me, especially kind of growing up and through high, through high school. Um, I was able to navigate some of that pressure okay. Um, luckily, I had a lot of other interests outside of school and passions that you know that I that I got lucky enough to explore early on. Um, and I was able to kind of navigate school and, and be a good student. And it served me well, you know, throughout that, that journey. Um, I got into a good college, got into UC Berkeley, you know, got into computer science as a major. And, you know, everything was kind of looking, looking pretty bright for me from an academic perspective. Uh, but also around that time, I started to struggle a little bit. You know, a lot of the things that kind of came naturally to me when I was younger in terms of academics weren't quite, you know, weren't quite there when I got to college. I was dealing with some personal challenges and wasn't as engaged in school. I didn't find you know, my classes as you know, that interesting. I thought once I got to college, it's all about my interests, my passions, but you know, still had to do the whole student thing. And it just, it wasn't working for me. Um, and so that's when I really started to think about education you know, more broadly as a system. Um, I thought about what I was dealing with at that time and then what students deal with, you know, way earlier, you know, at all levels of the education system, the way it disengages students and started to think about, you know, what role I wanted to play in that. And so that's kind of started me on that journey of education. And I've been kind of working in education, education technology ever since then. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. I think I think a follow up question just in regards to your timeline, especially when you mentioned about the high school to college transition, is something that I hear a lot. 
uh, amongst friends, colleagues, and former students of like, it was hard and often I didn't feel like high school prepared me for yeah. that. What are your thoughts on that? Please? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing that I felt unprepared for kind of, you know, exiting that, that environment, that bubble of, of high school was life, you know, life period. I think the, the life, the skills you need to navigate, you know, whether it's relationships, you know, social dynamics, um, being able to manage your own well-being and health and, um, you know, mental health, physical health, all of those pieces. These are the skills that I wish were, you know, integrated into the curriculum a lot earlier. And, you know, many of us have to figure out on our own. And that definitely, that that part hit me hard, kind of mm. going, you know, going into college. Yeah, no, I feel like that really resonates with me, uh, knowing that often we see education as the the savior of everything, but it's not, you know, there, education has to adapt to like where we at in life, but often it's not personalized. And I think one of the tools that you bring is this, you know, personalized tool that supports you in the process, but we're going to get to that in a minute. I, I want to get to know a little bit more of where you at in regards to like, where you see education moving towards in the, in the future. I told folks that when I was like 15, 16 people, I would hear this term of like the 21st century is coming right? Prepare for that. I feel like now we are in that century, you know, mm -hmm. and then we are in the future. Where do you see education with all the tools coming along, moving towards? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the tools that are, that are coming out, and we've been on this journey for a while, but I think it's accelerating a lot more, especially with generative AI and tools like ChatGPT and just how suddenly they've taken over the world, the, the workplace, and we see that all the things, all, a bunch of these things that we thought, you know, only humans could do, you know, like write, you know, writing poetry and, and some even creative, creative activities that uh, you never could imagine automating or outsourcing to technology. Even those, you know, were it's remarkable what what that's doing. And so I think a lot of the the journey that education has been, been on, in terms of students need different kinds of skills to to really participate in this new economy. I think that part is really accelerating. So we're having to rethink what are students learning? You know, what are the human human skills that can't be replaced with AI? And how do we get more of that into our education? And whether that looks like project-based, more authentic, performance-based assessments, you know, what's why do we have, why do we need standardized tests and five paragraph essays at this point when those you can get those instantly with the click of a button so i think it's replacing some of those things and what is that replacement is is what we need to figure out yeah uh i similarly think that some of those pieces are going to become things of, of history of like the five paragraph essay all these pieces because now a kid can generate that in a app or somewhere and yeah. just tweak it. Yeah. I think my follow-up question is, I'm sure something you have heard before, is like, well, ChatGPT is a chicken mechanism, right? right? Like ChatGPT is not really supporting you in your growth or your development um, for the human intelligence. Like, what is it that you feel will be a, a, an adequate reply to someone who says something yeah. like that? Yeah, I think there's a couple things. I think one is that we should, we should Learning how to use AI is itself an important skill. And so I think that we should start thinking about what that looks like. And it shouldn't just be 
if you're using AI, you're cheating. It's more like what what does it mean to effectively use AI? And and I don't know the latest stats on this, but folks are doing research about the professionals in the workplace and how much they are using AI to integrate into their daily routines. So how much are they using it? And then how much time is it saving them? And the numbers are pretty staggering in terms of the percentage of professionals that can and are using AI. And if, if students are not being encouraged to use it at all, then it's kind of doing them a disservice. I think that's one piece. Mm-hmm. I think the other one is just that, you know, maybe we shouldn't be doing the things that that can be outsourced 100% to AI, mm-hmm. right? And so I think there's, you know... There's a balance. There's a balance, There's, yeah. a, there's a yin and yang, like in everything. <laughs> there's a balance yeah. in here uh, with AI and the components that come around. And I feel like we are just at the at the first wave yeah. of this AI, yeah. um, artificial intelligence that is coming our way. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say is, you know, the, there's this there there's a term that folks use now, prompt engineering, mm-hmm. which is the skill of how do you write a good prompt for Chat GPT or for one of these AI generative AI tools. And the reality is, developing a good prompt requires you know very concrete thinking. The more the more clear your logic and your communication skills, the higher quality prompt you're going to write. And the higher quality response you're going to get back from ChatGPT, and I wonder what it means to a you know teach prompt engineering so students can actually put that work in mm-hmm. to to using AI effectively, and then b recognizing that if they are using ChatGPT, it requires thinking as well, um, just a different different set of skills and a different type of thinking that's required to use them all. Yeah, just just to expand on that, I really think that there is some like critical thinking that goes along the way of like creating the right prompt. Like, I want ChatGPT to answer X, Y, Z, but to get to that point, you got to make sure you are like being super clear yeah. with your language messaging, so AI can kind of put that together. I think earlier offline, you were explaining to me how AI works. Can you tell us a little bit of like the AI component? Or how it picks up the phrases or words to put together. Yeah, yeah, and and the the AI because AI itself is a broad term, and we've we've had AI for a long time at this point. The specific form of AI that has exploded in the last couple of years is generative AI, which allows you to use AI to generate text, generate images, and this technology is built on something very specific called a large language model. And it's all about language. And the way it works is it, given a set of words, it is able to predict what is the most likely next word that's coming in that sequence. And just from that basic you know, technology and being trained on lots of a large amount of information, being able to predict that next word allows us to get chat GPT and these crazy you know, outputs that feel magical at times. Um, but it has its own limitations because at the end of the day, it's a statistical tool that's giving you the next word. And so when folks try to do certain types of math and other things, you know, when it doesn't do well, that's why, because that's not part of what it can do with the language. Mm. I just found it so interesting because like conversations with folks who probably haven't delved this deep into like AI and ChatGPT, uh, for example, they're thinking it's like, oh, the more you feed into this algorithm, the more it can take over 
society. And I was like, wait, 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 it doesn't work that way, mm-hmm. you know? And Dix explains that there's limitations on like the span of what it can learn. And it's not like AI has their own conscious, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they're yeah. just following an algorithm similar to like Instagram, you yeah. know, they just follow yeah. an al- algorithm yeah. or something. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I heard a, a professor recently call it a parlor trick, mm. but like a very good parlor trick, yeah. you know? It's like, it's kind of like by mastering that one kind of technique of predicting the word, it's able to do all these kind of tricks, right? At the end of the day, though, it doesn't have, you know, its own consciousness or intelligence. And fire. Follow-up question, diving more into um, Inquire. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about the two things that it's currently doing and, and spaces that is working in this moment. Yeah. So Inquire started as a way to really help students build their portfolio. You know, when it comes to the future of learning, we we're talking about future of education. I I was fortunate enough pretty early on to, to be part of some really incredible schools, organizations, classrooms, teachers that really felt, you know, were doing what I felt was transformative learning with students. But at the end of the day, you know, they they were using the traditional antiquated tools to do that. And then they were having to measure their outcomes through standardized tests and traditional assessments. And so I got really excited about this idea of the portfolio, which really allows you to capture any kind of evidence of learning and help students really show their work, show their story, and capture their skills in a new way. So it started there. Um, We ended up building tools to help teachers actually design projects and, and curriculum on there so that way the entire process of learning can be documented. So you're not just like time to build a portfolio, going to hunt down all the work you did. No, you're capturing it along the way. Um, and you're getting feedback on the work. You can have an audience for that work. You can invite a professional from the community to give feedback. And so really documenting the learning, helping collaboration, and then building that portfolio. And um, you know, as school for the types of schools and educators that are really trying to transform learning, this is, this is kind of that infrastructure that helps them manage that. One of the things that I really enjoy seeing your tool in action is that it really aligns with like the outside world, right? Often and being, being in high school and also being part of co-founding a high school and seeing how the systems work, sometimes we tell kids to do something that sometimes it doesn't align with the outside world. Like do this work, but then that work disappears or that yeah. paper's gone yeah. and you're like, oh, I did it already but there's no evidence or an artifact yeah. that you can hold on to. This right here, the portfolio building is like, you can keep that throughout your whole timeline of high school, go to college or go to work and, and showcase to your workforce or someone wants to hire you, this is what I can do. And I love that about, about Inquire. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to the AI piece, yes, right? Yes. As, as we are in this conversation, try to break it down to us I, I just love this AI feed. Yeah. I love the portfolio and I love the AI. Yeah. Talk to me about AI. Teachers, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, the AI component of Inquire will save you time. Absolutely. <laughs> and peace of mind. Let's go. Yes. And the key is, you know, we want to transform learning. We want to engage students. That often just is very, it's time consuming and it's challenging. You know, designing great learning experiences that are really personal and engaging for students, it's, it's hard work. And 
And I think there's a lot of potential for, for educators to leverage AI to help them with that process, right? So you can get back to building relationships with students and really understanding where they're coming from, you know, doing the things that only you can do as a human and as a, as a teacher and an adult. Um, and so what we're building with, with Inquire is a way for you to take your initial ideas and it could be a lesson that you already have. It could be an idea for a project that you want to do. And it helps you kind of think through what we call the nine essentials. And we worked with the High Tech High Graduate School of Education. They've developed some really good frameworks around this. Nine essentials that help you think through, you know, what a high quality learning experience and unit could look like. And it actually gives you suggestions. So you give it a little bit of what you have, but then it helps you really brainstorm. So it's like your, you know, your, your best brainstorming partner that you could ask for. It helps you brainstorm. And then once you kind of choose and, and input some more from the brainstorm, it helps you generate an entire scope and sequence and lesson plan. So you can actually use that with your students. So you're not thinking about how this is actually going to look in my classroom. It actually helps you map out the day to day of what you're going to be doing. Yeah, it's just it's just a magical tool. I think you you put in the prompts it goes back to like the right prompts. It develops, you know, the lesson plan daily weekly like what you'd be doing and i think it allows for the teacher to put more emphasis into relationship building with the kids and, and families and just the whole culture piece uh it's just magical people got to check it out yeah yeah i think one thing that was really important for us is let's not use ai just to streamline you know traditional learning and teaching i think we all know what learning should look like for students and it's great for ai to help save time and you know make efficient some of these processes that we have but i feel like that's um under undervaluing the potential of what this technology can do it can help really help us actually change the kind of learning that we're doing with students and really engage them in new ways and some of those things have like i said have been really hard so if it can help us do, do that and really actually rethink what the classroom looks like and make that easier to do. I think that's what I'm excited about. Dope. Uh, Inquire website is inquire.com. .co. .co. Make sure you check it out. Inquire.co. Now, my follow-up question is, is, is two things, twofold. One, going back to like the overarching question of like the next frontier is, did you always, you always thought about you're going to start your own company? Uh, kind of. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you like, I'm going to start my own company. Has it been easy? Oh, definitely not. Okay. Definitely not. What are some some maybe like resources, words of advice that you can give to people uh, in case they're trying to launch their own company or just be an entrepreneur of like, I'm a, I'm a bet on myself, yeah. right? I'm a bet on this idea that you can give some wisdom to those folks. Absolutely. I think the number one thing is, you know, being resourceful and be there's so much great learning content online. I think that's one of the things that, that is most um, fortunate about where we are compared to, you know, maybe even 10 years ago, 15 years ago, all kinds of great startup and entrepreneurship content that you can consume, whether it's podcasts, YouTube. Uh, and so being able to, to do that uh, and learn from wherever you can, you know, I, I did a lot of that. And then, you know, what I love about, about entrepreneurship is like, 
you're just kind of putting pieces together and figuring it out. And there is not a, a necessarily a rule book. There are people that have done it and you can learn as much as you can, but so much of it is like kind of trusting, you know, the experience that you have. I think one of the biggest things I've had to do is, you know, I'm building a company in education and education technology. I have to lean into the expertise that I've developed from time in the classroom, you know, working as an educator, working as an engineer. Um, so A, it's like building that, that, you know, body of knowledge that I can then draw from, but then really reminding myself and leaning into that because so much of it is, is selling yourself and talking about your work. And so being able to know what you bring to the table and be able to, you know, put your work out there. Um, I mean, there's so much, I don't know. You know? Yeah, no, I, I feel like it's just a lot of work, Yeah, <clears throat> but I feel like for me, it feels very rewarding because yeah. you're like, oh, that's my work out there yeah. versus maybe doing it for maybe an institution or a company where you are working at. It just feels more rewarding in a sense for me. It's a lot of work. Sometimes yeah. you got to sleep really late because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you got to like fit in and, yeah. and apply for different things, but it feels like it's fulfilling your soul. I, I want to say it's not for everyone. You got to yeah. be willing to put in that work yeah. for folks. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, being yeah. Able to, yeah. And being able to start it in small ways, you mm -hmm. know, it's, yeah, if you can figure out time outside of your outside of your day job, right, yeah. to do projects and, and just be creating things. I think AI is fascinating, yeah. right? We talked about that. I think for somebody wanting to create something in the world these days, you should be learning how to use AI tools, whether it's to design your logo, design marketing materials, yeah. think through business ideas. I think yeah, the more you can can lean on some of this technology to get you from zero to one faster, um, it's it's important. And also, like, just start playing with some of these things in your free time because I think there's so much untapped potential yeah. um, for all kinds of businesses, products, you know, educational material that's needed in the world, um, just and can be created now with some of this. So, like, look in terms of opportunities. I think that's a time time well spent is like playing with these tools and learning with learning about them even if you have a job and you want to do that in your spare time yeah no I, I double down on that like play with the tools you know these tools have been now for for a while now right but i feel like they hit kind of the marginalized communities later on and i was like the more you get ahead of this wave the more you're able to like really start figuring out what the next frontier is going to look like mm -hmm. my last question for you is where, where do you see Inquire, where do you see this technology moving towards in like five years from now? Mm -hmm. Inquire or Texas? Let's, let's take Inquire <laughs> first. Oh, man. You know, I think I'm changing my, my vision of what's possible pretty regularly just based on, you know, all these new things coming up. What I'm excited about is students doing really unique creative projects you know in school out of school and them being able to do that in you know much more frequency than than they have in the past because educators are more empowered to design that type of learning for students so i'm really excited to be you know in be in that world where you know teachers have access to different ideas different content and the ability to design learning that looks different and what that impact that can have on students. 
that's what I'm excited about. I think the other piece is like every student and every learner, you know, that portfolio of work is going to be so much more important, you know, as, as some of these other ways that we, we showcase our skills become a little less relevant. You know, that portfolio, I imagine every student having or every person, every learner having a, a portfolio of projects and skills that they can show off as the way they navigate through the, the workplace. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, I'm excited. I'm excited to also see it front seat uh, and see the development of Inquire. I feel like it has so much potential. Anything else you want to share around your work, the future? This is closing remarks for you. Yeah, no, it's um, thanks for having me. And yeah, if anybody has any questions or, you know, wants to talk more about entrepreneurship or AI, yeah, find, you can find me online. Uh, we'll put my information, you know, in, yeah. the, in the description. So, no, thank you again for yeah. being a guest. Once again, this is Noche Galactica, the next frontier season. I'm Christian Martinez, and you are Atash Parikh. Thank you very much. Thank you.